0: Hello and welcome to The Glide TV Recap Season 2 where we are discussing all episodes of The Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 2, Episode 3, Take Him, He's Mine. This episode originally aired on October 11th of 1986. So what other interesting historical events occurred on October the 11th? Well, in 1852, the University of Sydney Australia's oldest university is founded. In 1864, slavery is abolished in the state of Maryland. In 1881, David Houston patents roll film for cameras. In 1887, A. Miles patents the elevator. In 1922, the first female FBI Special Investigator, Alaska Davidson, is appointed. In 1945, the Chinese Civil War begins between the Kuomintang government led by Chiang Kai-shek and the Communist Party of Mao Zedong. In 1950, the US FCC issues the first license to broadcast television in color to CBS. In 1975, Saturday Night Live premieres, hosted by George Carlin. In 1994, The Nobel Prize in Economics is awarded to John Harsini, John Nash, and Reinhard Stelton for their analysis of game theory. At our most recent event, on October 11th of 2018, the world's new longest flight, I assume nonstop, uh, which flies from Singapore to Newark, New Jersey, taking 17 hours and 52 minutes. I assume this is a nonstop flight. I guess. Uh, so, that is our history lesson. So, what happens in this
1: riveting installment of Golden Girls? Oh, boy. This one starts out in the kitchen. Sophia is at the table. She's calculating something, and she has it figured out and tells Rose, who happens to be ironing in the kitchen there, uh, what her haul will be each month. Rose says, why? Why are we having a sandwich shop? And Sophia replies that they don't have the counter space for kidney machines. Okay, well that's a quite a difference there. Sophia wants to know if they are partners. And Rose says it sounds kind of complicated selling sandwiches at a construction site. Rose doesn't know the first thing about business and Sophia should really ask Dorothy or Blanche. So Dorothy, well, that's not
0: very accurate.
1: What? Well, we learned last season uh,
0: in oh. the job hunting, Rose graduated from business school. Yeah, so you would think so,
1: that this would not be that complicated.
0: Right, for a business school graduate for, to know nothing about business. Yes. if it's just a sandwich shop. Yes. I
1: mean, really. Okay, anyway. Uh, at that point, Dorothy does enter the kitchen and wants to know how she looks. Uh, Sophia says she is nice. Now go put some makeup on and Dorothy says she is wearing makeup. So Sophia tells her to eat by candlelight. Oh good, that's your mother there. Rose says that Dorothy looks lovely and Sophia says that lovely isn't good enough. Good enough. Dorothy has a date with Jeffrey the Commodore. So Rose of course thinks a Commodore in the Navy And Dorothy's sarcasm is shown again as she says, no, the singing group, he is the one in the middle. He was on the end until Lionel Richie left. Alrighty, we learn that Dorothy and Joffrey have been spending a lot of time together. Blanche enters the kitchen and tells Dorothy that somebody is here to see her, guess who? And Dorothy thinks it's Joffrey and no, It is not, it is Stan, her ex-husband. Dorothy says to call the police. Stan comes in the doorway and says hello to everyone. And Dorothy says she will call the police. Boy, Blanche would like some notice when Dorothy is expecting a gentleman caller. This time it is only Stan, but next time it could be somebody appealing or charming or good looking. That's the way to talk right in front of Stanley. Stan wants to talk to Dorothy. As Dorothy is leaving the kitchen area, Sophia asks Stan, is your wife here, or is she at home cleaning out her toy box? Ah, the great Sophia. Dorothy comes back to Sophia and tells her that she told Sophia that Stan and Chrissy got a divorce. Sophia says she thought that Dorothy said they got a horse. Okay. Stan and Dorothy go to the living room. Dorothy knows something is wrong. They were married 38 years, so he So he can disguise his bald head, but he can't hide his emotions. She once again asks, what is wrong? He breaks down crying and says he's lost it. Dorothy responds that he never had it. Ah, he lost the business. 22 years of sweat and blood flushed down the toilet like a snotty ball of Kleenex. Dorothy tries to sympathize, but she has one question while Stan quickly answers that he can still manage the alimony. That wasn't her question though. Her question is is, if they could possibly discuss this tomorrow as she has plans to go out. Stan doesn't want to be alone though. He doesn't know what he might do. Dorothy says that he will watch an old Barnaby Jones eat a half gallon of rum raisin, throw up and fall asleep in his kimono. Dorothy needs to go. Stan says he made reservations at Monty's. Then they could take a walk on the beach. Maybe go dancing at the breakers if there is no cover charge, of course. And Dorothy can't, Stan wants her to. Dorothy says, give her a minute. So Dorothy goes back into the kitchen and tells the girls that she needs a shoulder to cry on. Who decides it? Blanche wants to know what that creep did. Dorothy tells them that Stan lost the business. He has to take his mind off of it. Rose wants to know what they can do and Dorothy asks if one of them could go out with him. So Sophia quickly goes back to writing something on a paper and Blanche says, what? Dorothy says she feels terrible but she is not about to cancel her date. Rose says she can't do it because she is not good at listening to other people's problems. And Dorothy says, Rose? That is what you do for a living. You work at grief counseling. And Rose states that she has the highest suicide rate in the office. So Rose doesn't want to do it. Uh, Dorothy sits at the table next to Blanche and asks her. Blanche says that Dorothy once described Stan as having the personality of a dial tone. Blanche says, no way. Uh, So Dorothy tries to bribe her with her cashmere sweater. Blanche still says no. Dorothy offers her nearly her nearly full bottle of Chanel number no. five. Blanche asks if it's cologne or perfume. And it happens to be cologne. No, this isn't good enough. So Dorothy will introduce Blanche to all of Joffrey's naval officer friends, and some of those have been at sea for over six months. Uh, Blanche exits the kitchen real fast and in the living room tells Stan to relax that she will be ready in two minutes. Yeah, getting to know all them sailors did it. Next scene, we're back in the kitchen and Sophia tells Rose to use the potatoes as they are all out of tomatoes. Rose doesn't think it'll work. Sophia tells her to just say it fast, bacon, lettuce, and potato. Dorothy enters and wants to know what those two are up to. It is after midnight. Rose states that her and Sophia are going into business. Dorothy wants to know how Sophia talked Rose into doing this, and Rose says that Sophia didn't, that Sophia told her if she had half a brain, she would have thought of it herself. When Rose was a little girl, she sold Belgian waffles alongside the road. Actually, they were English muffins that Rose carved ridges in. People bought them because Rose was so cute. So Rose asked Dorothy about her date. Dorothy tells us about it a little. We learn Blanche is not back with her date with Stan, and Dorothy states that when Stan is depressed, he is the second most boring man in the world. So Rose has to ask, who is the first? And Dorothy gives us the answer, we know it's coming. Uh, Stan, when he is not depressed. Okay, so Blanche enters the kitchen and exclaims that this was the most bizarre evening she ever spent with a man. Rose asks if that includes the time when she spent the evening with the Nicaraguan la team. Dorothy replies that Blanche said one man, because that was the most bizarre evening she spent with a team. Wow. Blanche notices the sandwiches that Rose is making and says that she is starving. Rose does her best and says, they're baking lettuce and potato really fast. But Blanche heard the potato Sophia gets up from the table and leaves. Blanche sits down at the table. So Rose thought Stan took her to dinner. Of course he did. So Dorothy is gonna guess. You were on your way to a candlelit dinner at at Monty's when Stan spotted a charming little Pakistani restaurant. No, no, it was Indian. So Dorothy continues. Cocktails consisted of warm beer in two different shaped glasses. He ordered for the both of them, and when he paid the bill he got changed from a ten. And Blanche says, No, no, it was a five. Ah, uh, Rose exclaims that is just amazing that Dorothy would know that. Rose asked Dorothy to do her to do her now. She is thinking about what she had for dinner. Dorothy isn't psychic. She just knows stand. Blanche now says it wasn't so bad. She didn't need to impress him, and there was no way he could impress her. And they are doing it again tomorrow night. Dorothy says she doesn't object. Dorothy and Jeff are going to a formal dinner at the base. In the next scene, Sophia and Rose are coming through the kitchen door into the living room and Sophia tells Rose to hurry as the sun is coming up. Rose asks, why do they have to leave so early? Yesterday they ended up with a crummy location, that's why. Dorothy comes out into the living room and asks them what they are doing up. They should go back to bed. They want to get the best corner, get there before Johnny No Thumbs shows up with his lunch wagon. Actually, he has several fingers missing from each hand. Dorothy really gets riled up then. Dorothy tells Sophia that Johnny No Thumbs is probably connected to the mob. Rose says he is very a very nice man, but the first time he waved to them, Sophia misunderstood and gave him the finger back. Yeah, I can imagine. And Dorothy can't go back to sleep. She is depressed. Geoffrey is leaving. Rose knew it. The minute she heard he was a sailor, she knew there would be nothing but heartaches. Rose continues, Those swabbies drift into port. Park their ditties on your doorstep. Show you, your, you some tricks they learnt in the Orient. Then it's avast me hatis. And they shove off with a serpent tattoo and your hardest souvenirs. Dorothy asks if Rose has been reading Treasure Island again. Rose knows this from her ancestors as Vikings were a seafaring people. Geoffrey is being transferred, yes. And where is he being transferred to? Well, he's being transferred to the Aleutian Islands. He is going to a top secret base where he can't have contact with the outside world for at least a year. Sophia says, he dumped you, and Dorothy says, yes, he did. Blanche comes in the front door. She thought the other three would still be sleeping while these three thought Blanche was in her room sleeping. Blanche has been with Stan and had a wonderful time and will tell the girls in the morning. Dorothy says it is the morning and Blanche leaves to her bedroom with a very slight smile. The next scene, we're at a grocery store. Dorothy and Blanche are shopping. Dorothy says what they are buying while Blanche keeps wanting Dorothy to speak to her. Dorothy is apparently mad about Blanche being with Stanley for a while. Dorothy tells Blanche that a woman does not stay out all night just to walk along the beach. Before, that was true, but as bureau guard Jefferson pointed out to Blanche on her 16th birthday, there's a first time for everything. Dorothy thinks Blanche slept with Stan. They argue. Dorothy is upset about Stan. They fix things. Then Blanche says she is going out with Stan again that night. He has tickets to the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater. And Blanche is going. She'd be out of her mind to miss Mr. Jamie Farr in the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Uh, We see Rose and Sophia are also at the store. And Sophia pushes her shopping cart into Blanche's cart and exclaims that she hurt her back. She is paralyzed. Sophia looks up and says, oh, it's you. Look where you're going. And Sophia wants to double the number of sandwiches they make and sell. Blanche says, you are still gonna sell lunches after Johnny Notham's leaned on you? Rose corrects her. Johnny Notham said he had friends that would lean on them. Sophia has friends too. One called to Palermo and Johnny's lunch wagon will have concrete tires. Palermo is evidently a city, and the only person that Sophia knows there is Uncle Vito, and he's a harmless old man. Sophia says he isn't completely harmless. So Sophia and Rose exit stage right. Dorothy and Blanche continue their shopping like it started. Then Dorothy goes off again, thinking that Blanche is sleeping with Stan. They make a ruckus, and a few other patrons are staring at them, and Blanche just tells them to go back to their lusure peas. Blanche is upset. She shouldn't have to explain this to anybody, so she leaves. We're back in the kitchen now. Sophia is looking at some things in a box and asks Rose, who is Lenny, and why do we have an IOU for two bucks? Well, Rose says all he had was a 100, and they had no change. Sophia says, well, what about these? And there's many of these IOU for two bucks, and um uh, Yes, Sophia needs to give Rose some lessons in economics. So lesson number one, quit being an idiot. Lesson number two, the law of supply and demand. Before you supply the sandwiches, you demand the money. And lesson number three, quit being an idiot. Uh, Dorothy comes into the kitchen and she thought one of these girls was Blanche. Sophia thought she was best Truman but then they switched her to 20 milligrams a day. And we don't know what, of what medicine though. Rose had a cousin who thought he was Jiminy Cricket. Of course, that was just after Pinocchio came out. Uh, Dorothy wants them to let her know when Blanche comes in. She wants to talk her, talk to her just long enough to give her a piece of her mind. Dorothy leaves, Rose and Sophia talk for a minute, then Sophia gives us a story. Picture this crowded Mediterranean port, teeming with your tired, your poor, your hungry, you know, your huddled masses yearning to be free. We boarded the ship and set sail for America, 500 people filled with hope, singing, laughing, drinking. Actually, only the Irish were drinking, but Sophia digresses. Of course, on the second day, things took a turn for the worse. For the next month and a half, the storm-tossed seas made their lives a living hell. If it wasn't, uh, if she wasn't fighting for a blanket, she was fighting for food. If she wasn't fighting for food, she was fighting for shuffleboard equipment. And she just threw that in to see if Rose was paying attention. Anyway, the storm broke and through the mist and the haze, Sophia saw the beautiful lady I'd been longing to see for months. And Rose says, the Statue of Liberty? Sophia continues, no, my mother. That's how dense the fog was. But beyond her was the Statue of Liberty. I remember the first words I shouted out, there she is, Lady Liberty. And I remember the second words I shouted out, slow down you yachts! you're going right past her. But he didn't hear and that's why today, Rose, there's an unusually large Italian population in Spillsbury, Massachusetts. Uh, Rose states that it's a really moving story, but what exactly is the point? Yes, the point is you forget. You forgot lessons one and three. Quit being an idiot. Okay, she stole 40 bucks while Rose was listening to that cockamamie story. Uh, Dorothy comes back in and asks if Blanche is back yet. No, she isn't. Well, it's only been a couple minutes since, since she left. I mean, really. Dorothy wonders what they could be doing. Some talk about what they could be doing. It couldn't be that. For this length of time, Dorothy is leaving through the door past the phone and says she is either going to get ice cream or commit a felony. Yes. Ah, uh, where am I? I don't know. Okay, she'll decide in the car. Dorothy leaves. The front doorbell rings. Rose gets up to answer it. Rose is going through the living room. When she answers the door, it is Vinnie and Rocco. Johnny no thumbs sent them. Rose calls for Sophia as this is for her. That's the end of this short scene. Next, uh, we're in some motel room. It is dark. We see somebody in bed. A knock at the door and Stan calls out, who is it? From the door, Dorothy. Stan tells whoever is in bed with him to stay under the covers, he will get rid of Dorothy. Uh, Yeah, we assume it's Blanche under the covers. Stan opens the door, some small talk. Stan tries to get rid of her. But Dorothy says, since Stan is wearing his toupee to bed, it means one of two things. There's a woman in bed, or Suzanne Summers is on The Tonight Show. Dorothy says she wants to talk to her, the woman in bed, and it will only be a minute. Then Stan can get back to what he was doing. Dorothy talks to the woman. She stays under the cover, and we can't see who it is. Dorothy talks for a while. Finally, a young lady pops out from the covers. She seems like a bimbo, you know, Stanley's kind, and Dorothy leaves quickly. Back in the kitchen, Rose and Sophia are in the kitchen with lots of flowers on the tables. And Dorothy comes in. Apparently, Johnny No-Thumbs sent the flowers. Old, harmless Uncle Vito sent a note to Johnny No-Thumbs and addressed it to Johnny No-Knees. Also, the girls are getting out of the sandwich game. The profits weren't quite what they expected. And Dorothy wants to know if Blanche is back yet. She is. She's in the living room. Dorothy goes to the living room and tells Blanche she wants to apologize. She apologizes, and they talk for a while and make up in the end. They hug, and everything is okay as this episode ends. What a plot summary.
0: Hmm. Well, we have a few cultural references in this episode. So the Commodores are uh, a band uh, who were at their most popular in the late seventies through the mid eighties? Uh, they were a uh funk band, according to Wikipedia. Uh, and they were apparently relatively popular for a while. Yes. Um, so much so that they were nominated for nine Grammys. They only won one of them, though, but they were nominated for nine. Grammys, apparently. Um, Lionel Richie is a singer uh, who was the front man of the Commodores, and then went solo and was more successful at that point. Uh, Kleenex, of course, is a brand name facial tissue product. Uh, now, it is often used informally as a genericized trademark for facial tissue, though, of course, that is not the case. But uh, Kleenex products are manufactured in 30 countries and sold in more than 170. Brands owned by Kleenex include Cottonelle, Huggies, and Viva. Uh, Barnaby Jones is a TV uh, detective show. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's that. Uh, Chanel number five was the first perfume launched by uh, Coco Chanel. Uh, the formula for the fragrance was compounded by French-Russian chemist and perfumer Ernest Beau, according to Wikipedia. It was first released in, on May 5th of 1921. Uh, high lie uh, is a sport involving a ball bounced off a wall by accelerating it to high speeds using a handheld device. Was apparently, first named High Lie in 1875, though it was, according to Wikipedia, first played sometime in the 14th century. Okay. Uh, Treasure Island is, of course, an adventure novel by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, narrating a tale of buccaneers and buried gold. Its influence, including introducing elements such as treasure maps marked with an X, schooners, the black spot, tropical islands, and one-legged pirates with parrots on their shoulders. It was originally released in the children's magazine Young Folks in a Serialized Nature from 1881 to 1882 under the title Treasure Island or the Mutiny of the Hispaniola credited to Captain George North. It was first published as a book on November 14th of 1883. Uh, the Aleutian Islands, uh, which in its native Aleut roughly translates to Land of the Alouettes. Uh Now, before 1867, this was known as the Catherine Archipelago, Uh, This is the little tail thing that sticks off Alaska is where this is. It's a large chain of 14 large volcanic islands and 55 smaller ones uh, that are split uh, as territories between the United States of Alaska and the Russian government. so, as far as I could find, uh, although the islands are most known for their battles and skirmishes that occurred there during the Aleutian Island campaign of World War II. It was one of only two attacks to occur on the United States uh country during World War II. Uh as far as I could find, uh, there wasn't really any sort of a uh US naval base there uh in the 80s as far as i could find uh the only thing i could really find in reference to that is there was a nuclear test facility there uh in the 60s but i couldn't really find anything about a uh american naval base or anything on the islands at in the 80s or today. So uh, I think that was uh, made up for the show. Uh, the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater, now known as the Maltz Jupiter Theater, uh, was founded in 1979. Uh, was owned and operated by Burt Reynolds uh, from 79 to 1996. Uh, it featured plays uh, with more celebrity formers than any other arts venue in the county. uh, he, uh, Burt Reynolds, in 1889, leased it to Richard Atkins, who ran it until 1996. He then sold it to Otto DeVosta, who leased it to the Carousel Dinner Theater. Uh, DeVosta sold it to Bud Paxson in 1999 who donated it to the Christ Fellowship Church in the same year. Uh, However, in 2001, the Palm Beach Playhouse Incorporated was formed as a nonprofit who purchased the building, fully renovated it, and reopened it as the Maltz Jupiter Theater in February of 2004, the 554-seat playhouse. Uh, So, it is still open today in... Uh, In Florida, if you want to go visit it, it apparently receives favorable reviews from all South Florida outlets, uh, ranging from Broadway World, as well as Talking Broadway's international coverage, uh, to local publications such as the Palm Beach Post and many other uh, local publications in the area. Uh, Jamie Farr is an actor uh, most known for playing Klinger on M.A.S.H., uh, that's basically it. Uh, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial is, of course, a two-act play, which is adapted uh, from by Herman Wolk, I believe is how that is pronounced, uh, from his novel of the same name, well, from his own novel, The Kane Mutiny. Now, the novel uh, chronicles a long stretch of time aboard the USS Kane, a Navy ship in the Pacific, Uh, and the mutiny that occurs on the ship. However, the play, of course, as is named, covers only the court-martial itself. Therefore, like jurors at a trial, the audience knows only what various witnesses tell of the events on the cane. The play was first performed uh, in the Granada Theater in Santa Barbara, California, on October 12th of 1953, Uh, then went on tour before giving its first performance on Broadway at the Plymouth Theater on January 20th of 1954. It ran for 415 performances on Broadway uh, and has been revived uh, a few times throughout its life. So uh, that is the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, uh, Palermo, Italy is a city in southern Italy as uh, the capital of both Sicily as well as uh, it's the capital of both the region of Sicily and the metropolitan city of Palermo okay uh, I'll have to figure out more what that means but oh Palermo is also the name of the province maybe or something I'm not entirely sure anywho um, it was founded in 734 BCE by the Phoenicians as Ziz. Uh, then became a possession of Carthage, where two Greek colonies were established, uh, known as Panormos, or All Ports. Uh, the Carthaginians used this name on their coins after the 5th century BCE. Uh, then as Panoramas became part of the Roman Republic and Roman Empire, Uh, For a thousand years, then from 831 to 1072, it was under Arab rule during the emirate of Sicily when the city first became a capital. uh, The Arabs shifted the Greek name into Balharm, the root for Palermo's present-day name. Uh, Then the Norman reconquest, and Palermo became the capital of a new kingdom. Uh, From 1130 to 1816, the kingdom of Sicily and the capital of the Holy Roman Empire, under Emperor Frederick II and King Conrad the Fourth. And that is essentially where it stands today. So, that is the city of Palermo. Uh, Lesour Peas is a brand of peas. Uh looking through their website, uh, it appears to be kind of a um a more luxury brand of canned peas and canned vegetables. Okay. Uh Perfect peas since 1907 is the first thing you see on their website. So, Wow. Um, Bess Truman is the was the wife of former U.S. President Harry Truman. Uh, and that's essentially uh, her. Uh, Jiminy Cricket is the Walt Disney version of the talking cricket from Pinocchio. Uh, Of course, this character was originally unnamed and very minor in the original version of Pinocchio, was transformed into what you see in the 1940 Pinocchio film. Uh, Pinocchio, of course, a fictional character and the protagonist of the children's novel The Adventures of Pinocchio, published in 1883 by Italian writer Carlo Collodi. And that is pretty much it about him. Uh, Suzanne Summers is an actress, author, singer, businesswoman, and health spokesperson uh, who appeared on, as the television role of Chrissy Snow on Three's Company and Carol Lambert on Step by Step. Uh, she later became the author of a series of self-help books, uh, most notably Ageless, The Naked Truth about Bioidentical Hormones, published in 2006 about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Uh, She has also released two autobiographies, four diet books, and a book of poetry. (laughs) Uh, She has also received great criticism from the American Cancer Society for her promotion of alternative cancer treatments. So, uh, the Tonight Show is our last... ref, Or no, I have one more I would like to briefly discuss. So... Uh, The Tonight Show, first introduced on NBC in 1954, uh, has been hosted by six mainstay hosts, Steve Allen, Jack Parr, Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, and currently Jimmy Fallon. And also several recurring guest hosts, uh, including Ernie Kovacs. Joan Rivers, Gary Shandling, and Jay Leno as well. Uh, the Tonight Show is currently the world's longest running talk show and the longest running regularly scheduled program in the United States it is the third longest running show on NBC after Today and Meet the Press. Uh, so the last thing I'd like to bring up, I don't really know why, but I decided to, uh, so Dorothy states that she's deciding whether or not to go commit a felony or not. So <laughs> yes, I had to look into it. Now, technically, I, I assume her uh, meaning would be she's going to go kill Stan, presumably, right? Or Blanche? Or
1: Blanche or both, yes. Right.
0: So uh, <laughs> now just quick, you know, uh, obviously I am not a lawyer nor have any great knowledge of how laws work or anything like that, but uh, according to my quick Googling, uh, with the way it's characterized in the show, she would most likely not technically be committing a felony uh, since that would have to be a first-degree murder, which is willful and premeditated, uh, and that may not be the case in this, so she would maybe get to Uh, Second degree or just a lone uh, voluntary manslaughter charge, potentially, uh, here. Anyway, uh, we have two side characters. Vinny, uh, who is played by Tom LaGrua, who is most known for his appearances in projects such as Caroline in the City, NYPD Blue, The Boys, and It's a Living uh and the the girl with Stan at the end is played by Lana Schwab, most known for her appearances in works such as The Bridges of Madison County, Twilight Zone the Movie, Repossessed, and Simon and Simon as a Goldie
1: Hawn Lookalike. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, both of those appearances lasted probably less than a minute total.
0: Yeah. Um, We have one new sex partner established, as far as I could tell. Beauregard Jefferson for Blanche. So our tally stands Blanche 18. Dorothy 4. Rose 4. Sophia 1. And we have one new continuity note. Stan and Chrissy are now divorced. So that is all I have for this episode.
1: You don't think Joffrey and Dorothy were getting it on?
0: Not from what I can, what we could, not tell what here. I can tell now.
1: Huh. Okay. They've been spending a lot of time together, but it never really does specifically say that. Okay. Okay. On my um, kitchen watching duties, I noticed there's a new picture on the telephone wall next to the telephone, and the tablecloth in this episode is purple the color purple or purplish. Um, my only notices there. Uh, my episode counts. I had one Sicily Italian story, one Sicily Italian reference uh, about Pal- Pal- Palermo, the city. Uh, the girls were mad at each other in this episode, Dorothy and Blanche, of course. One game was mentioned, Sophia with her shuffleboard. And, of course, there was one stand visit here.
0: What about highlight? That was brought up. That's a sport.
1: Uh, that was already Not because up. they're
0: not... Oh, that was brought
1: up already? That was brought up before. Oh, okay. And uh, it was just mentioned as Blanche had fun with the team. Okay. I guess. I could count it again. Okay, well, if it's already been counted once, then no, we don't need to. Um, So, my totals now. I still have three weddings or planned weddings. Uh, Three physical abuses arose. There's still only two St. Olaf stories and only two cheesecakes eaten. But there's been three Sicily-Italian stories, 13 Sicily-Italian references, four times the girls were mad at each other, Uh, 11 sports mentioned or played, eight games Uh, played or mentioned, and three Stanley appearances. I thought this was a good episode, but I didn't think there were many great laughs in this one. Uh, So I gave this a 77 out of 100.
0: Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.